Blog Talk Radio. Well, if I ain't the biggest dummy in the whole world, all somebody had to do was tell me, turn your mic on, Chris, but instead, I just messed up. And uh, so, how the hell are y'all? It is Race Chat Live. Uh, I'm here with my friends, Taz Taylor, Craig Moore. I feel like I've done this already. Um, we got a lot to talk about it here tonight. Of course, uh, Eric Jones. <laughs> But nobody heard it but me. Uh, Eric Jones uh, takes the Richard Petty iconic number 43 back to Victory Lane at Darlington, 55 years to the date of Richard Petty's last win at Darlington. That is more than a stat of the day there. Of course, we'll have that to talk about. Uh, Noah Gregson being a part of this team next year. Uh, The significance of... Eric Jones's win, of course, he just re-signed uh, to be at the organization for the next couple of years. The impact that that's going to have, of course, Dave Burns back in victory lane as well. A whole lot more, man. We've got a lot to talk about here tonight. I'm uh, well. Welcome to the floor, Taz and Craig. How are y'all today? You know what? We're above ground. It's a good day. Once again, a Tony Montana reference. Every day above ground is a good day, and uh, and I'm tired of dealing with all these cockroaches. 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 That was a hell of a race from that Jones boy. Man, I, I mean, oh, yeah. I I feel like we should still be celebrating it. Uh, it's bigger. 
than what we are celebrating it for. I mean, this is huge. It's huge for the brand. Like, we call Richard Petty the king. And the king is in victory lane. The king, if he is our Hold king. On. Hold on. Let me let me correct you there for a minute, Chris. He's only part owner of that team. Yeah, he's not even GMS. <laughs> GMS. It's a petty GMS first victory of the year. I I I caught that. I believe it was on uh, Race Hub, and I'm like, you know what? They are absolutely correct. So it is the first win for them in the Cup Series for Petty GMS. It is uh, a 200th victory for it, Petty's portion, but it's, it's really, I mean, I mean, first of all, we we know that the 43 is Richard Petty. We'll always know that the 43 is Richard Petty. How he's been able to carry his name on to these organizations years after giving up ownership of Petty Enterprise has just been a nod to the celebrity status that, that I mean, he's been anointed the king of NASCAR. Um, he, they have zero to do with the day-to-day organization. Uh, it is by name only, but that name is still very significant in NASCAR. The people who would read Petty GMS would not automatically assume that Richard Petty has nothing to do uh, with the internal organization. But I agree with you, Craig. We should be celebrating GMS's first victory in the Cup Series because all assets of Richard Petty Motorsports and or of Petty Enterprises has been long dissolved. And the last guy that owned Richard Petty Motorsports was was only uh, carrying the name Richard Petty Motorsports because he carried the number 43. So uh, the king lives on, but as I've said before, this should be celebrated through the sport, right? Because we have a king in our sport, and he is Richard Petty, and he is very much associated with the number 43. My kids, like that was the talk this morning going to school, is like, hey, do you guys remember Erica Marola went in the, in the 43? No, Dad. So this is y'all's very first time that you can remember the 43 car being in victory lane. Yeah, Dad. Isn't that cool? Oh, it's so cool. Because these kids have grown up on cars, right? Like, cars is the history of NASCAR to these kids. And uh, the 43 was very iconic uh, through that movie as well. So it carried the tradition. It carried the history of the 43. Uh, That's the one thing that I know that our children of the sport recognize and uh, uh, respect is Richard Petty. Um, he is still the face of the franchise. Um, so I, I, I just I felt kind of disappointed over the last couple of days that he has not been that this win and the significance of it has not been as exposed as what uh, as what I expected it to be. But as you said, Craig, it's really not. It's, it's by name only, right? But uh, so the GMS Petty Motorsports, Rich Petty, Petty, GMS, whatever you want to call it, uh, they have Noah Gregson coming next year. They're now in, in, in victory lane. This is no fluke either, guys. We've watched Eric Jones knock on the door 
several times this year, I believe you've even said it, Craig, that a win was imminent. I know I've harped it for the last couple of years that this kid is should be the most touted free agent uh, in racing. Unfortunately, he's not been. Uh, do you guys have some thoughts that you would like to add? Well, you mentioned when we were talking about this post-race and pre-show type deal, you mentioned that there was something missing in this win. And I personally feel like it was overshadowed in a sense that it was more of a petty win versus a Jones win. And it's going to be overshadowed even more because he won during the playoffs and he's not a playoff driver. So it's going to be overshadowed. So really, it, he, really Jones, is, this win's going to feel like a stat, more like an actual win because it didn't really mean much. Craig, your thoughts? He's a two-time winner of the Darlington Fall Race. That says something. That's a uh, that's a crown jewel, if you will. Um, but I agree. It was overshadowed. It was great because a lot of those guys on the crew, that was their first cup win. And uh, I know we're going to get into checkered flag, black flags later, so I got a really good one. But uh, I think it was – I thought it was a good race, and I thought that he did well uh, holding on for the last 20 laps after that restart. So, I mean, he's got a lot to be proud of. It's a, And I remember saying last week I picked the wrong Eric. Damn it. Um, you were. You were close. I said it was going to be a non-chase driver, and I was 50% right. It was a non-chase driver. It was just the wrong damn Eric. So, Do you think Denny Hamlin was easy on Jones yeah, there on said, the last couple of laps? He said the only way to pass him was to wreck him, and he didn't want to do that because he didn't do nothing to him all year. Yeah, that was, now, I was watching the end of the race, and it seemed like Hamlin had – Jones and Hamlin were about equal in the straightaways. One and two, I would say, give the edge to Jones, but in going into turn three, Hamlin had Jones written right there. And as Craig said, Hamlin didn't want to wreck Jones for really no apparent reason. I mean, it helped Hamlin some in the playoffs in terms of points, and it also boasted uh, Eric Jones as well. Very I mean, Hamlin – Hamlin handled himself like a consummate professional, and that should be – that says a lot. Um, I mean, he could have given I, I him a lot. I see not harder. wrecking Jones, Craig. I, I see him not not wrecking Jones. Uh, there was a, a relationship as uh, Eric Jones was a former uh, employee of Joe Gibbs Racing. Also, he was, you know – basically handpicked by Kyle Busch. Nobody knew who Eric Jones was. And he went down there and he won the Snowball Derby. And then Kyle Busch said, hey, man, I've got to give this kid a ride. i got to give this kid a shot. And uh, that's who we have today. And the, the, the kid's been through a lot of trials and tribulations, similar to Daniel Suarez. Um, of course, two feel-good stories this year <laughs> from from former Joe Gibbs rejects, right? Uh But, uh, yeah, I, I did feel that Denny Hamlin had went kind of easy on him. May that that may turn around and bite Denny Hamlin in the butt, though. Uh, this is a must-win situation playoff. 
And, uh, you know, come next week, if he's the first one to drop out, he's probably going to regret that a lot. Uh, Tess, I'm with you. I see a lot of things that can help overshadow the significance of this win. We can also blame it on 17 different winners. <laughs> Craig Tess, uh, just not sure that we, any of us thought we would be at this point. Honestly, at the beginning of the year, we touted for 16 wins and 26 races. Kiddingly, I think for most of us anyway, it has been a year uh, that we won't soon forget, uh, which is going to be a hot topic later on uh, with how it pertains to the chase. So, Yeah, that it's um, definitely one to be this is this win I mean yeah it means some to, something to Jones but if we want to look at it the long run it's going to be looked at as a stat because you have petty the petty win overshadow overshadowing what you just mentioned Chris a non-playoff driver won in the playoffs so it's not going to be talked about much the only thing it's going to maybe possibly affect is the playoffs, but I wouldn't even say it affected it that much. And I just don't see, I think that there's a lot of reasons why it felt something was missing to this. Yeah. And and hopefully that this will, hopefully this will light a fire under the GMS, Petty GMS race team. And, you know, to think later down the road that they're adding Noah Gregson who uh, has come a long way in the Xfinity Series, from the Truck Series. We've made a lot of jokes about Noah on this show over the years. Uh, Noah has – I didn't like him in the beginning. He has grown on me over the years. Um, I like him a lot now. And when I first found out that he was signing with GMS, Petty GMS, I thought to myself, Okay, you know, I, I believe Eric Jones had a whole lot of talent, and I've, and I've stated that from, from day one. But Noah, does he have that type caliber talent? Because he's stepping in a car that Ty Dillon has raced and hasn't really done much of anything all season long. So, you know, is this, is this, a, big, is this a big factor? Focus factor? <laughs> is this a big factor for Noah Gregson, uh, being that he's going to be in – this organization next year has. I I'm hoping it is. I mean, Ty Dill- I I think the reason why Ty Dillon's struggling in this car is because he hasn't really raced full time in like what two years, I would say, because he took last year off. So he only got whatever opportunities opened the door. So I would say rust kind of showed on Ty Dillon, but. Also, question lies is did Ty Dillon really have much of a drive as we all thought he would have had? Um, so there's a couple of question marks there, but I would say putting Gregson in this car um, next year will be somewhat of a boost. I mean, Gregson literally took the time to develop himself and make sure he was ready for the cup level. Like, kind of like um, how Austin Sindrick, in a way, where Cindric stayed in Xfinity for a while, and then when he was about ready to move up the cup, he stayed in Xfinity for a full-time year, uh, ran 
cup for select races with Penske and then move up full-time. And Gregson's kind of doing that same path, too, uh, running part-time in cup with Colleague and full-time with JRM and decided to run cup for next year. And I think, and I'm hoping Gregson gets a better success out of what Cindric has shown, but only time will tell. Greg? Well, I think Gregson is going to have somewhat of a learning curve, even though he has been running for colleague, colleague racing. But I think, I don't know if he'll get it. I don't know if he'll necessarily get a win right out the door. But I think he'll get it after the halfway mid, after the halfway point next season. But I think he'll have some strong finishes as long as they give him decent cars. If they don't give him decent cars, then he's going to be like, man, he's, everybody's going to be like, man, he should have stayed in, he should have stayed in the extended season one more season. So, I mean, he's going to be damned if he does and damned if he don't. And we always have to, we always have to be worried about the resources. Like how, how, how much, how many, how much resource is being put into, uh, can, can the resources be stretched too thin and to make two cars competitive? Because I am hesitant to say, even though as well as uh, Eric Jones' runoff season, I can't sit here and say that they're in the same wheelhouse as a track house, no pun intended, um, or a Richard Children's Racing. I, I still feel like that there's somewhere split in the middle class, if you understand you know, you got your upper class, Hendrick and Pinsky and Gibbs, and then you have your – it seems to me that we have an extension of the middle class now uh, before you drop down to a B.J. McLeod or a Rick, Rick Ware Racing. Uh, Eric Jones' organization, uh, of course, GMS, FedEx, GMS, they're, they're somewhere in that third tier, but uh, I would definitely uh, – Welcome to, to see this team grow into uh, a second tier uh, racing. Uh, you know, I, I believe they're benefiting the fact that uh, this is a Richard Childress car, uh, and that uh, you know Richard Childress was one of the ones that helped design this uh, this this car. So you know that's kind of put him back at a level playing field with Hendrick. And I want to talk about Hendrick because Hendrick. I mean, we started the race to the chase, or chase to the, well, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, Hendrick looked like, man, what could, Murphy's Law, what could go wrong did go wrong. Uh, as we segue to uh, the struggles of Hendrick Motorsports, and not just Hendrick, really uh, several chase drivers uh, at Darlington. But we will start with the Hendrick situation. How far does this put Chase Elliott behind. Uh, Chase, well, with playoff standings right now, because I literally had them up like two seconds ago before I got off the page, because, you know, that's how I roll. Uh, Chase Elliott, I don't think it was really in that much of a hole. He started, I think it was like 30-something points up. Uh, currently sitting in the good about, looks like, 14 points 
So he lost half of that cut. So right now, Logano leads. Byron six points back. Hamlin eight points back. Bell's ten back. Reddick rounds out the top five, 15 back. Blaney, 18 back. 21 back is Larson behind them. Shastain, an eighth, 23 back. Chase Elliott, 24 behind. Uh, Bowman, 28 behind. Kyle Busch, 30 behind. And Suarez is at the cutoff, 36 behind Logano. Two points behind Suarez is Kendrick. Four points behind that is Brian Cowboy. Chase Briscoe behind them, uh, 10 points in the bad, and Kevin Harvick is 13 points in the bad right now. But being as how close as this gap really is, nobody's locked in, but nobody's guaranteed out. So it's still anybody's game, really. Yeah, not where Chase Elliott was expecting to be. Uh when he started the chase with a 35-point advantage on everybody else. Um, of course, uh, Kyle Larson bounces back. First of all, Chase Elliott got put out of the race early with a broken toe link, I believe it was, and uh, something else in the rear suspension of the race car. They couldn't get it repaired uh, in the 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 10-minute time clock that they uh, extended for Hendrick and other teams because they were able to be able to change out the toe link, I believe. Yeah, they did. And a half. What they what they did was they for the playoff teams only. So the only so the sixteen. I don't know how it works with the twenty three eleven versus Blaney deal. Um, but whoever's in the playoffs, uh, teams got the extended time clock for fixing repairs. Uh, and that was announced. Uh, and I guess that was something all the drivers want, drivers and teams wanted. It wasn't just somebody specific before somebody wants to throw that out there. Because I did read the article on that. So when it was released. Well, I think they should have done it for every team, not just the, not just the playoff team. Um, I agree, Craig. I think they, if they're going to do if you're going to – it's like if you're going to discipline one of your kids, you got to discipline them all if they were all involved. Same theory. You're going to do it for 16. You got to do it for the rest. Make it fair, because at the end of the day, these guys are all out there to win a race, except for BJ McLeod and Cody Ware. They're out there to cause trouble. But um, you know, give them give them the same time, 10 minutes. I honestly think that shit should have been fixed behind the wall with the clock still going. Um, I read somewhere where somebody has said, well, you know, that puts the crew in a dangerous position. They're under, they're under the cars, and somebody comes down, loses control on pit road. That was a lengthy repair. That should have been done at the truck, and then the car brought back out. You know, for NASCAR is all about safety, they say. Well, well, not so much because these cars keep catching fire, and that's a, We'll talk about hopefully that later. But if you're going to do it for one, you got to do it for all of them. That's a big story. Cars catching on fire. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, and what it, what Craig is referring to is if you go to the garage after an incident, uh, your uh, your your time is done. Now the issue with this incident was 
I believe it was a mechanical failure that created this issue. Uh, I, I did see a, a single car spin. I know that he nicked the wall, but uh, I'm, I wonder if something might have broke uh, before the uh, before he hit the wall. I don't know if he just you know spun it around or what. Uh, probably no talent. It's probably what it was. It, he ran off into turn four and realized he didn't have any talent. And, uh, he all ran and out. That's of what that I would expect. Yeah, he ran out of talent anyway. Which I didn't ever believe he had any talent in the first place. But, uh, that's besides the point. So, you brought up an interesting point. Okay, first of all, William Byron had motor issues, Kyle Larson. Then all of a sudden, everything just went away, and it was perfect. They re-downloaded a, a, a setup in the motor, and uh, she screamed all night long, and not, not, not another word out from, uh, from either driver. And what was very strange is William Byron was reporting a flat motor while he was basically putting out the fastest lap time uh, of the evening. <laughs> Explain that one, NASCAR. Uh, who was fooling with the RPMs and stuff? How? Why was this car? Why did this car feel like it was dragging down the straightaway and by the driver and reportedly putting out the best times of the evening? Um, there's something going on here, right? So, uh, you know, but hey, Kyle Larson rebounded from four laps down. I think he finished on the lead lap. Uh, William Byron uh, had a good had a good finish, I guess, leading up to uh, whatever. Uh, but Kevin Harvick, he was a story in itself. Boy, I mean, if it wasn't one story of Jones winning, it was Kevin Harvick's car catching fire. This is a this has been an issue that we've seen uh, over the last uh, six months since the season started. Um, Anybody want to partake in the comments that uh, Kevin Harvick had? Some some pretty nasty. Well, well I, I listened to an interview, and I think I posted it on the Race Chat Live page as well. Um, a bunch of the drivers chiming in as safety. But Harvick said in one of them, he goes, I'm waiting on answers to questions that I asked a year or so ago. He goes, and nobody can, and NASCAR can give me answers. They're worried about money. They're not worried about the driver's safety. And that says a lot. And, you know, and I said this to Teresa the other day. I said, he's a 21-year veteran. If NASCAR is not listening to him, then they're not going to listen. And that says a lot about what they're, uh, you know, are they worried about safety or are they worried about money? Um, I'm going to go with. I want to know why this is a Ford issue. I wonder why this is a Ford issue. Because most of the ones I've seen catch on fire are Fords. Now I know I believe right. Alex Bowman may have caught fire, but being where this where this plate is, and I mean, there's foam on top of an exhaust panel for crying out loud. What who who come up with that, right? Oh, this little this little pipe is supposed to pivot into this uh basically uh looks like a dryer hose bit from the side of your house and on top of it is a bunch of foam. On top of that, the wraps that they put on the cars are flammable. So who thought of this shit, man? <laughs> this is well, Craig said shit I had to really shit, big... We're not trying to have a shit was, show, though. Stop. 
<laughs> it was somebody with a really big engineering degree from Chit uh, University. <laughs> I don't know why they got you their engine- that. No, what they did is they got their two-year degree and got a job, and apparently somebody saw something in them instead of you know trying to work the right ladder. <laughs> I what think that went right over my Craig's head. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Go dude. ahead, Craig. <laughs> what Go ahead, scares Craig. me is this, this is a problem that is ongoing, and NASCAR doesn't see an issue with it. What's going to happen when the car catches on fire all the way around? I mean, it was in the rocker panels, comes up underneath the car, and engulfs the whole car, and these guys cannot get out in time. That that fire was really close to Kevin Harvick going hey, the hey, driver's you guys, side door. You guys mentioned the mentioned car on fire, right? Yeah, it's not pants on the ground. All right, so I have a question. Where's the yellow? Is there a caution? No, no yellow on fire, no caution. Great job. Good job. Uh, Good officiating. Oh, we'll we'll race in the rain, but I'd be damned if a car's on fire. We're not calling a caution. Single car spins. We throw out the yellow instantly. Car catches on fire. Oh. Oh, we'll just keep racing. That's okay. It's Cody Ware. Caution, caution, caution. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Well, again, if how about that Xfinity race? Me, Go ahead. That I did not see. Sorry, Chris. Um, I thought the finish of that. It makes me just wonder what NASCAR, where their priorities really lie. And as a driver, an up-and-coming driver, you have to. I would sit back and say, "Hmm, the parent organization don't give two shits." There we go with that shit thing again. But it's, it's the honest to God show. truth. It's the honest to God truth. You know, if I know there's a lot of money tied up, but if these guys all got together and said, listen, you need to do something or we're not racing, I wonder how quick NASCAR would figure out the problem and get it fixed. Oh, they would throw them out of the chase. <laughs> uh-huh. that, I mean, we're already at the chase, so that you can't throw them out, can you? Now is their leveraging power. Now is the best best time for them to do something. Um, there is significant evidence, Craig Moore, that this car is not as safe as the previous car. True right. or false? Hundred percent accurate. And how does that make you feel as a fan? Like we were lied to for two years. They, hell, they could have released they could have released this car in twenty twenty one with the amount of problems that we're not supposed to be having with this car. Yes, they had a whole and, extra year to develop this car. Is what you're saying? Right. Right, they had a whole extra year, and they couldn't get it right. It's it's like the kid that you hold back because they're lazy, and they don't want to do the work, and then 
they still don't want to do they still when they're promoted they still can't do it because they claim they didn't have enough time which is a bunch of bull nascar had the time they put it out another year to get it done and the car is not safe as i said these guys i mean there's no union in nascar but by god if they all if the chase drivers got together and said listen we're not strapping our bodies into this. I wonder if they all got together. Even somebody mm. like Austin Sindrick, who mm. who got himself in by winning the 500, says, listen, I don't feel safe. I'm not getting in the car. If all 16 of them did it, I wonder how quick NASCAR would figure it out. Paz, let's play devil's advocate here. Didn't? Hold on. Didn't have you Dale enjoyed Jr. Have you these, didn't Dale Jr. back when they did all this testing stuff say this car wasn't safe for him anyways? I believe that there was I don't questioning. Remember. I believe it was Ryan Newman who was also questioning the data reports being given. Literally, there was a test at, at Talladega. Then a car slapped the wall. It was sent off pit road. Uh, they used uh, remote control, and they ran it into the wall. It killed the, the dummy. The dummy is dead. That was very alarming to drivers. And it should have been the entire NASCAR organization, franchise, whatever the hell it is. Um, that has been covered up and hushed as much as the JFK conspiracy uh, assassination. Um, why NASCAR's covered that up? I'm not sure. Do they are they are they wanting a little sense of danger? Do they feel that the reason why NASCAR fell off for after 2010 was because really the lack of danger was no longer apparent in the sport? Um, you know where 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 is NASCAR on this issue? I think and I think from, honestly, with the safety of this car, it makes me concerned. Of like, because you have Kurt Busch who's out with a concussion to crash and qualifying from Pocono, so he's been out since Pocono. We don't even know when, let alone if if he if he's coming back at all this year. Then you also had um, Denny Hamlin, who was in that big wreck in Daytona, back out of the Xfinity race that he was supposed to be in because he still felt sore from the crash. Then you have um, Kevin Harvick, and who's like, ticked off that the cars are like catching on fire too easily because of rubber buildup and you're going through the dash like it makes me go back and think if we put these cars in the same and I don't want to hit on this situation but I feel like this is probably the best situation even though it's really dangerous like can we play out the same scenario that Newman went through at Daytona 500 like obviously use the dummy but like, would the dummy survive that same wreck in these cars versus the obviously the Gen Six car that 
kept Ryan Newman alive. I don't think we can sit here and promise that, Taz. And as I, I don't said, think so either. That 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 may be uh, an answer NASCAR will soon have to answer, um, especially if one of these drivers gets gets hurt. We've got Talladega coming up. Um, of course, the biggest thing is we want to keep these cars on the ground at a place like Talladega. And I believe that that science has been figured out. I really do. Like from the Daytona race, seeing how the uh, top of the roof flaps lead air through the bottom of the race car and actually a portal opens up behind the diffuser and allows that air to ship out of the race car. But we've seen uh, Harrison Burton at the first race of the season go upside down. Um, it is a sense of danger in in racing, right? Um, will this maybe kind of slow these boys' at it? attitudes down will somebody as quick to put somebody in the wall knowing that uh that these drivers can actually get hurt now so our racing has been based off of i could put you in the wall at daytona and wreck you for the win and you're going to get out and you're going to do your little cowboy up wave at everybody and they're going to say oh it was spectacular and it was awesome and amazing and look at that driver man yeah he took a wild ride there daryl you know now we might see the helicopters and we might see a tarp over the race car um those are you know that's a move that's a move backwards i believe in the sport but you know i mean it's a dangerous sport indy cars faced with it uh formula one's faced with it there's no way to make those cars safer than what they are there's a sense of danger in the sport is it something that we should be ready for uh, I, I would like you guys to – I mean, I'm kind of lost on this one, guys. I need your help. Craig. All right. Danger is good. Dangerous is good. Otherwise, we wouldn't be watching it. However, we want those that we're watching to be safe. And if they're not safe in what they're doing, then what's the fun in it? I mean – Maybe you shouldn't you wreck a guy. Right. You know that accidents are going to happen. True accidents are going to happen. When cars are catching on fire because they're not safe, because some idiot with a with a MIT degree decides to put foam on top of the gas mm-hmm. on the fuel tank, that's <laughs> a problem. Um, <laughs> you can get a BOCES student from uh, Pickville, USA, and they'll tell you you shouldn't do that. Yeah, but, I mean, they put foam in these doors before. We've seen uh, the side of the race cars get tore out at a place like Talladega and foam all over the racetrack. So foam has been in this part of the race car before. It's just why is this not – why is it flammable? Why are we using flammable material in a a place that uh, is vulnerable? Well, there is that degree. These are composite bodies, too. They're not they're right. not sheet metal bodies. These are composite bodies. They break and bend. You know, a sheet right. metal would bend, but you wouldn't break it. You would you know, you would maybe I guess you could cut a hole in it. Uh but uh they, these composite bodies, their panels break, they crush. And so they crush inside and then next thing you know you're exposing your exhaust to the to the to the door, 
to the inside of the door. It's really wild. My other, I don't know. My, my other thing is Harvick also mentioned uh, he started having heat and flames starting to come through his dash. Why are we having crap going through the dash that easy? The question I can't answer, Tess. Yeah, me neither. So if you were looking for an answer for two of us, you're you're barking up the wrong <laughs> smart tree. No, oh no, we, no, 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 no. I, like, we don't have that agree like, at MIT. Oh no, these weren't these aren't the questions I'm asking aren't for like you guys, but it's just like somebody else to hear. Like, why are we having these issues? Like, why did we not look into this? Obviously, somebody insanely screwed up. Because we're Whoever thought, questions we have no answers for. <laughs> Whoever thought building a more expensive race car would be cheaper in the long run, uh, they 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 uh they're a good car salesman, kind of like our friend Craig Moore. Yeah, but it sold another one today. They he went did they on went your to off day. I'm they off went day. to uh, somebody went to say car dealership just to try to get a car from Dollar General is basically what we got. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I don't think so, guys. I think that we've had awesome racing this year. I think we're being very critical of a new race car. Do I feel like NASCAR may have put a little sense of danger back in the race car? Um, yeah, we had many generations to make uh, the last race car, generate six generations of race cars to make those fold and, and have soft landings and and whatnot. This is a completely different car. They're looking for a different style of racing. Um, and uh, I think that if you want to stop worrying about your drivers, stop putting guys on the wall. You know, there is a sense of danger uh, to this style of racing. We are up to the moment. I guess we're up to black flag, checker flag, are we? No. Did we miss that today? Oh, my goodness gracious. Let's see what we got here. Craig, uh, Cash, do you want to do the stat of the day real quick? I think I shared it. You did. All right, well, since Kaz is taking a nap, I will share a stat of the day. All right. All I right. got uh, I got a little one with me. <laughs> Hold on. At the age of 26 years, three months, five days old, Eric Jones, that Jones boy, Becomes the second youngest multi-time winner of the Southern 500 in the race's prestigious 72-year history. Only wow. Jeff Gordon secured his second 500 victory at a younger age, 25 years, zero months, and 28 days. So that Jones boy made history not once, but twice this weekend. And that comes from Shrigley Stats. Hashtag Shrigley Stats, I think is how you pronounce it. I've told y'all for a long time, this kid's got a lot of talent. This kid's got a lot of talent. He's uh, he's in a subpar organization. Hopefully, they'll be able to build around this win. Uh, hopefully, with the success that we've seen from Trackhouse, uh, can carry over uh, to Petty GMS. And uh, we'll see uh, more of these second- and third-tier teams more competitive. I'm not saying – I don't believe that they can put themselves – on the realm of the powerhouse of Hendrick, Gibbs, and Penske, but uh, I think that they could get mighty close. Um, but uh, 
So we're in the week of forever. The Kyle Bush saga still continues. Reports are Richard Children's Racing may be in the market for a third charter, which means that what? That's that. It means we could see Tyler Reddick, Austin Dillon, and Kyle Bush pilot uh, for RCR. And Kyle, hold on, Kyle, what Kyle? Austin Bush? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so we could see that next year. Now the question is going to be if that happens. You got Tyler Reddick uh, leaving for in 2024. So now the question is going to be: Do we have a driver to fill that third car? And honestly, I'm going to say no. There's nobody ready. And if they rush to get somebody in that car, they are setting themselves up for failure again. And Kyle Busch is only going to do so much. Because Rhinestone so probably Austin, ain't going to do anything. Austin Hill nor Sheldon Creed are capable of, of, of coming up. Not, at the, not next year, but the year after next. I don't oh, see man. it. Unless they dominate the Xfinity series, I don't see it. Craig Greg, before I before I ask the, the most wanted question here tonight, um well, what are your thoughts? Richard Childress Racing seeking a third charter, what does this mean? Well, if the reports are true, and listen, of the three of us here, there's only one of us that live and die by Twitter. And that's, that's our good buddy Taz Taylor. Oh shit! What? Co- I've got he I've lives got and like dies by Twitter. Followers. <laughs> and I'm not picking on him. I'm just saying that. But I mean, I've read it too online. The likelihood of Childress seeking a third charter and Kyle Busch signing with Childress is very, very likely. Almost as likely. As me hitting the Powerball this week. No, Kyle Busch signing with Childress is probably a lot better. So I uh, think okay. I think within the next two weeks you're going to see an announcement. And listen, I, we all get on Kyle bitchy Bush because all he does is whine and complain. Kyle fucking Bush. I listened anyway. to his interview after his. I listened to his interview after he. <laughs> His after he blew up under caution, mind you, and oh, it was probably the most professional interview I've ever heard that kid, that man do. Yeah, like kids, thirty-six years old. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm sitting there. He was there, leading I'm the freaking the, race. He was yeah. leading the race, and his mother we were watching up. it down at my dad's. We were watching it down at my dad's on Sunday. And my father goes, how in the, did he blow an engine under caution? And I went, that was crazy. Yeah, I've never seen it happen under caution before. No. And to see the stance, to hear the reaction of the people at Darlington, cheer at the fact that he blew a motor. Was yeah, you're messing around with my black flag checking for right now. You know, you're you're in that territory. I'm just gonna let you know. All right, I gotta <laughs> ask it real quick because I think it's burning on everybody's mind. With these reports, 
that it might be likely that Kyle Busch goes to Richard Childress Racing. Who wants to see him in the number three? I know I do. <laughs> oh, I would. Pass. What was the question again? Who wants to see him in the number you? three? I know I do. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Listen, like you have to slow down for Kaz. <laughs> you have to slow down. Kaz, let me help you. Let me help Chris out. Do you want to see Kyle Bush in the number three? Hell no. <laughs> oh, God, no. I do. For all, for all them darfs, dumbass race fans, I would love it, man. I would so... Oh my God! Why? So you you are a fan of Rhinestone Cowboy. You are a fan. You are a fan. You, Taz Taylor, are a fan of the Rhinestone Cowboy. That, Craig. I mean, it's obvious, you, right? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa! I'm a fan of Rhinestone Cowboy. If I was a fan hey. of Rhinestone Cowboy, would I make a lyric? Sadly, he's in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, just trying to throw everybody off. Like, he would rather see Austin Dillon in the three car than Kyle Busch. You know what, Taz? Whatever (laughs) she was charging you for your engagement pictures has now doubled, my man. You you would rather see Austin Dillon, who wins a race maybe once every six seasons, in the number right. three versus a man who could has the potential to bring the number three back to prominence yeah. and in my rattle mind, the cage and maybe, and hey, I and and, hey. and and maybe Chris that he could bring it back to prominence and relevancy mm-hmm. to the island mm-hmm. of relevancy, you would mm-hmm. rather see the rhinestone cowboy in it. You are a yep. sad, and I need to talk to Bree about this whole marriage Hold on. thing. Hold on. Case. I I didn't say yeah. I wanted to see rhinestone cowboy in it, but I don't want to see Kyle Busch in it either. Kyle why? Be, why? Tell Kyle me why. Bush. Give me a reason why. <laughs> okay. You want somebody but in the number three me, car, Give me right? one reason. The, the three cars known as the Intimidator. Austin Dillon was not there. Kyle Bush is no intimidator. He's just a guy that runs his mouth and does his own freaking thing. So if I want an intimidator, I want somebody like freaking Tony Stewart who will actually back up, you know, the intimidator job. Okay, well, Tony Stewart. So you're calling him an impersonator. I know Tony Stewart don't race NASCAR anymore, but I want somebody of Tony Stewart caliber. He's too busy running his wife's racing career, for Christ's sake. We have to stop living off of yesteryear with these drivers, Taz Taylor. Let them go to the senior racing experience, win there, and help Chris out <laughs> hey, in our pool no. every year. Last no, time I'm we saying, were, was, Taz was mad at us for a week. Stop. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying Tony Stewart drive the car. I am just saying somebody of Tony Stewart ish, Dale Earnhardt. There is. Nobody is there I in say, NASCAR right now. I say in you NASCAR, there's nobody there. Black. 
you put a silver number three on the side of that race car and rowdy up on the door handle, and I and I and I tell you what, you would see Dale Earnhardt fans coming out the woodwork to support Kyle Busch. I, I really believe that. Yeah. Y'all. It, it, it happens, and in, in, in all in racing, it happens all the time. Daryl Waltrip was known as Jaws. Everybody hated Daryl Waltrip, but when he got older, everybody loved Daryl Waltrip. Uh, Dale Earnhardt. Everybody loves Dale Earnhardt. Everybody's such a big Dale Earnhardt fan. Man, when Dale Earnhardt was a driver, everybody hated Dale Earnhardt, right? Like you oh, had the Dale Earnhardt fans, but 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 you had Bill Elliott was the most was the most popular driver every year, not Dale Earnhardt. Everybody, everybody's infatuated with nostalgia, and they oh, I was a, I was an Earnhardt fan. Most Earnhardt fans from from 1995, they're dead, y'all. They're dead. Okay, they were 55 freaking years old then. They're like 85 now. They're dead. Okay, or they're just they don't even are they pissing their pants? <laughs> I mean, I mean, really. So to bring the three back and to make it prominent again, as Craig said, put Kyle Busch in the number three. Guys, I respect you and I love you. And, uh, you know, I'm with you because I believe that you you are a fan of the Rhinestone Cowboy. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of them, but I'm just saying – I'm not All right, I just, I'm just I just posted up on the uh I just posted up on the um race chat live page. Who would you rather see and drive the number three, Austin Dillon or Kyle Bush? Oh my god, so, that's gonna stir some people up. I mean, really. I, I, I figure half fifty percent of the world is gonna get very pissed off that we would even mention Kyle Bush and Dale Earnhardt. But you know what, it's been going on for years. Um, I don't know who's intimidated by Kyle Busch. If anybody's intimidated by Kyle Busch, I don't think so. Uh, that was the the certain persona that Earnhardt had. But you put you put Kyle Busch in the three car, and there's going to be fans that come out of the woodwork because he is a proven winner. And those people that liked Dale Earnhardt, they liked winners. They didn't they didn't pull for Earnhardt because. Uh, he was a farmer because he was blue collar. They pulled for Earnhardt because he was what, Craig? He was one Freaking of them. winner. He was yeah, one he was of them, winner. and he was a winner. He was he was a winner. Exactly. I don't. You can't say Kyle Busch is like any. Well, you can say Kyle Busch is a lot like the generation that is uh, coming up behind Taz. Taz is Taz could possibly be the last good generation. Can you say that again for the people in the back? Because, whoa, that's the first time I've heard that. Well, there's only a few of y'all. Yeah, you're of a dying breed, so. So, Thank goodness goodness your mom and daddy raised you right, Taz. That's that's all Craig and I can say. Because 10 years ago, when Craig and I was doing podcasting, you were what? You were still in high school. So. Hey, just be happy when I first got into NASCAR, which was obviously like two or three years old, around late 90s, early 2000s. The first drivers I knew were Dale Earnhardt, Dale Jr., Dale Jarrett, which Dale Jarrett was actually my first favorite driver. 
believe it or not. Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, Bobby Labonte. Yeah. Those are the good old days, man. You you were you were the last of the good old days. You really were. And uh, for you to grow up uh, with those iconic racers, I mean, now you really, you know, you have a Denny Hamlin, you got a Kevin Harvick who's at the end of his career. Uh, you don't really have the core group that, that uh, like you said there, Taz Taylor, you had names like Dale Jarrett. Um, you know, Ernie Irvin, uh, um, Dale Earnhardt, Rusty Gordon, Wallace, Rusty Wallace, right? Mark Martin. You had a yeah, solid Mark, core yeah, of, of racers there. Grandpa Mark. Right, so, yeah, yeah, he was old when you were <laughs> when you were when you were a kid. So exactly. Um, so I guess we're getting close to the well, to the top of the second hour here um what we're going to talk uh what we're going to try to eliminate two more drivers two more drivers from the chase now let's do a recap real quick before we get there uh we eliminated two drivers last week daniel suarez was one of those drivers yep suarez and, and i believe Sendrick. austin Cendrick um was the yeah. other driver uh we're going to eliminate two more tonight I'm not feeling so good right now about the Daniel Suarez elimination. I'm really second guessing that. Um, I'm, I know he didn't get a top 10 finish uh, this past weekend, but he did run around the top 10 some of the weekend. So, uh, I'm really, uh, I'm really, really up in the air. Yes, I'm back. How about the fire retardant material surrounding the driver that is lightweight? Yes, I'm not. Oh, cool. We got Miss Rebecca back. All right. Glad to have you listening in here tonight. And uh, we'll, I'll ask that question uh, uh, here in just a little bit. But, uh, yeah, so we're getting ready for the elimination. Yeah, there's segment. I've already – eyeballed two drivers I don't know about you guys I know Craig still made the uh, Craig made the bold prediction of Kyle Busch being eliminated but uh, in recent interviews I've caught with Pockers and a couple others Kyle Busch has admitted that this contract situation has not changed to the end goal of winning a championship and Kyle Busch has said that Kyle Bush has said that if you take, if you throw away the bad luck that's been thrown his way, he's easily a top five car throughout the playoffs, and could even, right. and he believes him and his team could be in the championship four. Right. Yeah, I'm not ready to throw Kyle Bush out. Uh, it is weird that his motor blew. Under caution, I've not seen, especially in this era of racing, a motor give way with no no warning at all, no it's overheating or anything like that. Just all of a sudden the motor blow up. It was like uh, it was set off. Um, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I am a conspiracy theorist, and I don't believe anything is a coincidence. Uh, so I do question how that would happen, especially uh, I believe at the time Martin Truex Jr. was still running good, wasn't he? Um, 
believe so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just really weird that that motor let go when it did and uh, that uh, put a big uh, chop suey on uh, on Kyle Busch's run for a championship here. But I, I believe he'll be able to bounce back. But uh, I'm definitely, you know, if you want to take somebody that's been in the top four before, somebody who's been a favorite to win a championship, I have one of those guys that's in my elimination. I know it's going to shock the hell out of y'all. But being that this happened this past weekend, I really felt like this was Kevin Harvick's season. Like, this has been what we've had to deal with all season long. Um, if I can bring forth the very first guy that I believe that would be in that 14th spot, or uh, no, not 14th, 16th spot. No, because it is 14th. I'm sorry, y'all. 14th spot would be uh, Kevin Harvick. You're saying Kevin Harvick move forward? No, Kevin Harvick is on the verge of being eliminated. Yeah, I'm just not seeing oh, a bounce so back. You're saying yeah. Harvick, Harvick eliminated. Yeah, I'm voting for Harvick to be eliminated in that 14th spot. All right, hold on. Yeah. I think I had a mark as we are moving him on. Let me double check. Yeah, yeah I, did, I didn't ever – yeah, that's, that's kind of why I only wanted to eliminate two at a time because, of course, anything can change in this chase. And being that this was the first race and being that Kevin Harvick suffered the, the, the failure that he – it's just that car was already so far behind that a quick – an early out is almost devastating. You only have two races, right? We've got uh, Kansas and what's the other one? Uh, Bristol. Kansas and Bristol. Now, Harvick can be strong at Bristol, and and it's proven to be strong at Bristol. And and I'm going to fire you with this one here, Chris. Kevin Harvick, of all the playoff drivers, has the best average finish at Kansas. No, no. Oh, no. Is, oh, no, with no, a nine, no, no. With no. a 9.1, everyone else is outside the top 10. <clears throat> I'm going on a hunch, man. I'm going on a hunch. He's my favorite driver, y'all. And I hate to give up on him like that. And I mean, all all things set aside, this is a radio show. You don't want, you don't care that I have a favorite guy. I think that uh, most of you guys know that uh, Kevin Harvick is my driver. But I mean, like I said, from what I've seen in this chase, and you know how his seasons went, I just don't see a rebound here. I think that uh, I think he's going to be an early out. Along with another Ford teammate. Because I've got Chase Briscoe on the on the next one, guys. Yeah, I'm on the Chase Briscoe deal as well. So there's Why still hope that? for Harvick. There's still hope for Harvick, but there is no more hope for Chase Briscoe. He's gone. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to fight the Harvick deal. I think... I think one of these tracks he's gonna rebound hugely. I'm gonna re I'm gonna say he rebounds hugely at Kansas. He would have done fine at Darlington had the fire not happened. I think he would have been he would have been all right. But Briscoe I'm definitely gonna agree with you on. I don't see Briscoe moving forward at all. 
And we're talking out of which round? Are we talking out of the one we're currently in or going into the Yeah, yeah. No, he's going to be he's going to be yeah. the 13th guy eliminated uh, on my chart. Okay. So, uh, um, first of all, the first one eliminated, I believe, is Austin Sendrick, then Daniel Suarez. Cendrick? Yep. On my list, two. what would follow that would be Kevin Harvick at 14th, and it would be Chase Briscoe at 13th. What has been agreed here amongst me and Taz, which kind of leaves you on an island by yourself, because we've we've both said Chase Briscoe will not make it. So that means that your vote really doesn't count, but we're still going to cross that bridge to see what you what your opinion is. Uh, but Chase Briscoe has been added now to the list of eliminators of those eliminated in this playoff round because him and I have both circled as a guy who will not go into the round of 12. So now, uh, what's your, he, huh? now won't y'all shit if he pulls off a victory at one of these next two races? Uh, that's, that's, I mean, that's something that I'm faced with Kevin Harvick. Uh, you know, I mean, it's literally what we're going off the same strategy that we went off last year. And we all had our bold predictions of certain things, but in the end, we were, we were over 85% correct on who we chose to be eliminated. And so I'm going with that notion that that's going to happen again this year. I may be wrong, but then again, I may be right. And when you have three great minds putting together who we believe, that's why I believe Kevin Harvick, even though I voted for him to be eliminated, I still think he's going to scave on through to the 12th round because I don't believe you have him on your radar as one to be eliminated. But we still got to find out Taz's other eliminated driver. Taz, fill us in. So, who is who is your 13th driver to be eliminated? So, originally, I was going to have Bowman be the 13th, be 13 when this all started. Ah, but, but a top 10 finish. But Bowman started the playoffs pretty well, and I was a little bit surprised because he was very quiet in the last 10 races uh, going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, well, I was like, Bowman possibly eliminated. Then, then I re- then I looked back, and Bowman versus – We'll do Bowman versus Austin Dillon. And you'll see where I'm going to go with this. Craig hit the point of Austin Dillon winning such and such time, you know, once every God only knows however long. But Austin Dillon versus Bowman. Bowman at Kansas averages a 16.9 finish, whereas Austin Dillon averages 16.3. So they're about equal there. Then comes the mm-hmm. short track, Austin Dillon, 16.9 versus 16.9 with Bowman. So they're literally right on each other. And if I had to go with overall season performance, unfortunately, I'm going to have to go with Alex Bowman moving on and eliminate Rhinestone Cowboy because in the last number of weeks of the power rankings that NASCAR does with the individual drivers, Austin Dillon didn't even make the top 20. 
Bowman actually made the top 20, even though he was like somewhere floating between 15 and 20 in the rankings. So I'm going to go with Bowman, being that he was, I guess you could say, a little bit more consistent than than Rhinestone Cowboy. But Bowman showed something that he still got it when he's at full 100% ready to go this past week at Darlington. So, uh, And Austin Dillon's best chance to get something started for this round was Darlington, and it did not show. So, Rhinestone Cowboy gets the boot. And before you vote, Craig, and I'm, I'm already eliminated from, from my vote because I've already put in my two drivers. Before you make a comment on Austin Dillon, I want to know the what could possibly be the other guy. If you've got two other names on that list other than what we've just called, I want to know. I want. I want to know the the one before you say Austin Dillon if Austin Dillon's on it. If you understand what I'm saying, so Craig. Well, what is Austin the first? Dillon what is, is the 14th? Austin Dillon is on there. Okay, so Austin Dillon has now got the boot, and so whoever you thought was going to be the other guy, um, he's going to he's going to skate through. May we ask who is that other guy uh, that uh, you were that was on your list to to be eliminated? My other guy to be eliminated, honest to God, was Ross Chastain. But uh, wow, yeah, you know, I'm not lying. I was looking at him being possible eliminated in the first round as well. Then I had to look at Chastain versus Bowman of overall performance this year. Wow. And, I, and here I believe Chastain could go out and possibly win at Kansas and or Bristol. Because, because we've seen him, the track house race cars really strong at the mile and a half speedways. And uh, Bristol is a it, – it's a power trip, man. I mean, it's you have to be up on the wheel, and Ross Chastain is one of those drivers that likes to get up on the wheel. So that's bold. And I know where this is stemming from, Craig Moore. I know that you feel like retaliation is coming back. So so if he has a good, good run in Kansas, I think that that will put you at ease a little bit better because we should all expect a little payback to come at Bristol. Look, Suarez made an interesting statement about Christopher Bell. And he said that he's going to pay back Bell. There's one problem. The only place that he can do it and not do extreme damage to himself is Kansas. If he pays back Bell at Bristol, he's going to take out a lot of cars up to and including himself. So, Suarez might want to watch where he plans on doing this at because just because he takes him out this coming week doesn't mean that Bell won't get him at Bristol. And then they're both on the outside looking in. So, you know, Good point. I, think, I think these drivers, when they say they're going to get payback, they're really setting themselves up for um, payback times two. Yeah, I'm going to get you. All right, here's here's a theory. Chris, you and I are you and I are racing. You do something to me. Well, I say, Chris, I'm going to put you in the wall next week. 
Well, I put you in the wall, and I end up taking you out. I end up taking me out, and I end up taking out collateral damage of CJ and uh, yeah, our teammate. Right, and then uh, Miss Lee goes on, and she gets some damage too. And instead of her having a race-winning car, she finishes ninth. So yeah, out of the you're, you're right. So these guys really should shut their mouth and just do the payback because then now NASCAR is going to be watching. They're going to be watching a yeah. little Mexican dumping bean. And if he does something that NASCAR doesn't deem professional, they're going to call him to the big white holler and, you know, he's going to get in trouble. That's but racist. yeah, my, uh, that's racist. So you, you realize just because it's Taco Tuesday does not mean that you can call it a little white trailer. That's racist. <laughs> I didn't say it was white. I didn't say it was little either. I said it was a big white trailer. So, so we're, I'm going to name off these 12 that we have moving forward just to make sure we're all in coherence. So we have... Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, mm-hmm. Ross Chastain, Kyle Larson, William Byron, Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, Tyler Reddick, Kevin Harvick, Christopher Bell, Kyle Busch, and Alex Bowman moving on, which means we have eliminated Chase Briscoe, Daniel Suarez, Austin Sindrick, and Austin Dillon. Yes. The Austin boys are gone, and really most of the Ford drivers are gone. So, uh, yeah, that's what it looks like right now. Now, I want to know. I want to know what everybody else wants to know. I want to know who your final fours are. I'm gonna start with you, Taz. I know this wasn't preempted, so I want it off the cuff. Give me your oh. final four, Taz. Right now, yeah, it may change before it. we get there. It may change before we get there, but I want to know your final four right now. My final four, looking at these tracks. Just give it. I am gonna put. I'm gonna put Kyle Larson in. Mm-hmm. I write it down. Joey Kyle Logano. Larson. Kyle Larson. Uh-huh. Joey Logano. Uh, some of these tracks favor Chase Elliott, so I'm going to throw him in. And uh, I'm throwing in a Toyota, and that's going to be Denny Hamlin. Okay. So Chase the face. Lala, Hamster, and Giggles Logano. Okay. Greg Moore. All right. So I agree with Taz on Logano. I definitely agree with Hamlin. Okay. I'm going to go with William Byron. Woo! And I'm going to go with Kyle Larson. And I'm going to go with Kyle Larson. Wow. Listen, Kyle, that is... I know Kyle Petty is in his 60s, and he's got a big set of balls because he said Ross Chastain was going to go to the Final Four. Yeah. 
<laughs> All righty. Well, I'm going to lead this off with – go ahead, Greg. No, I would like that. Go ahead. Obviously, Kyle, uh, Kyle Petty's ponytail is just a little too tight, and he doesn't expect anybody that Ross Chastain is pissed off over the last 28 weeks to re- – he's, he's thinking they're going to have uh, CTE issues and they're not going to remember. All right. Well, I have to say I can agree with Logano. I think that Logano will be around at the end. I think that uh, Ryan Blaney is going to give him a run for the money, but uh, he's been very consistent. He's just barely going to miss the grade. Logano will represent Ford in the Final Four. My next one that's going to catch you guys off guard a little bit, Christopher Bell. Wow. I've seen something over the last uh, six weeks, the last eight weeks. Shot. I've seen a fire lit up. I mean, look, follow me here. You go look at go look at the stats, man. Has there been a hotter driver without a win over the last eight weeks? I mean, uh, I, I, it would be hard to find – a driver that's been more consistent. Um, of course, Chase is the face. So, unfortunately, I have to add him in over Kyle Larson. Um, and my last one, it's it's really a toss-up uh, because, um, I mean, it's between Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin. That one's a hard one. I really, I want to believe Kyle Busch is going to take it all the way to the Final Four, win the championship. If I had it to pick right now, outside of picking the Final Four, if you said, Chris, who would you pick right now to win the championship? I would tell you, Dag Nabbit, Kyle Busch is going to win it. But I believe that's just the fan in me. So I'm going to have to go with what I believe is reasonable who has the better luck at this tracks coming up? Of course, we have uh, Virginia. Uh, I believe we have Bristol. We have Richmond. We have Martinsville. No, we don't have Richmond, do we? Not no, anymore. Richmond's done. We have so no. We Richmond's have done. Okay. Texas, Talladega, Charlotte. Obviously, you mentioned Bristol and Kansas, Vegas, yes. Homestead, Martinsville, and of course Phoenix. Oh, Homestead. Well, did he never could is win October there? October twenty second, twenty third. I forgot. Like, we raced Homestead at the beginning of the year last year. So, that's a uh, – wow. But Denny never ran well at Homestead. Um, that may be the pendulum swing right there. And the Homestead is in the middle? In the middle of the, of last... the – it's, No, it's okay. uh, right before Martinsville. Right. Martinsville is um, the cutoff. Man, Denny Hamlin has been so spotty this year, but he's ran so well. Like, he doesn't – the points do not show how well Denny's ran at some races because of other issues. Man, you know, and after Kyle's had a situation – look, I'm going to put in Hamlin, okay? We're not going to draw it out. I'm going to put in Hamlin. Um, So, mine is Logano, Bell, Elliott, and Hamlin are my picks for the Final Four. I just thought it could change. I mean, I, I feel like uh, 
we're somewhere close to that. If you wanted to add so, in who we really felt, we definitely, I believe, so uh, we all, we all definitely agreed on Hamlin and Logano. Hmm. Imagine that. Two of us agreed on Elliot. So the third wheel is between Bell, Larson, and Byron. And Byron. Wow. Hmm. That's interesting. It's amazing what you can find when you start digging in the stats. That has been fun. Look, it's time for black flag, checker flag, and then we're going to try to get out of here. Uh, we've got uh, Kansas coming up. Not much of a pre, pre-race on that. We're going to make some picks and go from there. Uh, but uh, let's go ahead and move as we're at 8:21, 9:21 Eastern time. Let's get two black flag, checker flag. Craig, take it off. All right, I'll start off. Black flag, NASCAR, and their issue with these cars catching fire. Um, They really, as I said earlier with the Kevin Harvick thing, they really need to. They really need to address it. My checker flag goes to Denny Hamlin for uh, not rough racing (laughs) Eric Jones. I mean, he could have easily booted that kid in the ass and sent him into the wall numerous times in the last in the last five laps, and he didn't. Why? Because it wasn't Ross Chastain in front of him. Because I guarantee you that if it was Ross Chastain in front of him, Ross (laughs) would not, would not have made it through turn three. And, uh, you know, so kudos to, kudos to uh, Denny Hamlin. And and part of my other checkered flag is Eric Jones and bringing a win to Petty GMS and uh, and getting that monkey off his back. And you said it earlier, Chris, and I agree with you. That kid is a hell of a wheel man. And if he's given the right stuff, he can do well. If he's not, well, yeah. then he's going to be, you know, He's all, not going to be as of bad all as the Tony drivers, Blair, but. Of, of all the drivers outside of Tony Stewart and I believe soon to be Kyle Busch, that Joe Gibbs has let go, this one has to be the worst move ever because Eric Jones had a lot of talent. He was a talented race car driver, and they just moved on from him way too quick. Uh, the guy had already had a win you know, in the organization before they moved on from him. So, uh, you know, Eric Jones was not given – uh, the proper space to grow at Joe Gibbs, and I believe to this day that if any of the drivers let go by Joe Gibbs' organization, this one has to hurt the most because of how talented Eric Jones really is. So good kudos on your ticker flag there. My my black flag is going to the fans for booing for huh yeah for cheering uh, Kyle Busch's motor issue. I understand that a lot, there's a lot of people that hate Kyle Busch, and I understand, like, he's bitchy, bitchy Bush boy and blah, blah, oh. blah. But he's also he's also the entertainment a lot of times and a lot of weekends. And in a day and age where we hate the vanilla race car driver that never says anything, Kyle Busch brings us content. Kyle Busch single-handedly brings content to Race Chat Live every single week we mention the name Kyle Busch on this show. 
We don't hardly even mention Danica Patrick anymore. We've done stuff turned down the toilet. Yeah, yeah. You know why? Because she doesn't bring anything to the table when we discuss her anymore. Kyle Bush still brings the topics to the table. And so for the fans to sit there and boo a guy who's had 200-plus wins in a time where, look, he's being, he's being the better Bush that we've ever seen. Look, his brother went through a transition phase. His brother was hated by many. Then all of a sudden, Kurt Bush becomes liked, right? Now he's well-liked. Now he's well-respected. Okay, now it's time race fans to respect Kyle Bush. He's fixing to make a move here. He's not going to be the candy man anymore. He's not going to be in the best equipment available. He's going to have to really race his heart out to be competitive week in, week out. It's time for the fans to to embrace that and to embrace Kyle Bush, and I'm ready to see it. it. It's taken me – it took me 10 years to get to where I am. And, you know, 10 years ago, I'd have been, man, screw Kyle Bush. He's horrible. I can't stand him, blah, blah, blah. But, man, after 10 years of podcasting, that guy has probably been the subject, more subject of, of, on, of topics on our show than any other driver out there. So I'm a black flag to the fans for booing him like that. Um, you know, especially when he comes out there and makes that, hey, you know, the sun will come up tomorrow. That was that was that was such a big guy. That was that was a big boy Kyle Bush right there moment. My checker flag goes to the Xfinity series, y'all. I swear to God. That series never fails. Like it is so entertaining. I got to watch a battle for three of three cars down with five laps to go. Uh and the guy who was in third place won, right? Kyle Bush and, and Sheldon Creed going for his first win. Uh, uh, Kyle, uh, Kyle Larson, he doesn't need to be in the Xfinity series at all, uh, being that he's a past champion. Uh, but he was there and he got beat, uh, by a, uh, series driver. Noah Gregson pulled it off for his fourth win of the season. And kudos to Xfinity series for still being the most, uh, uh, Entertaining series for the last couple of years. Honestly, I, I I've never. It's you know, truck series used to be okay. These these races don't disappoint. They're the best races over the last couple of years, man. Xfinity, the Xfinity series has been by far my favorite series. So checker flag to the Xfinity series for a great race at Darlington. Three three guys battling it out for the win. Says checker flag, black flag. Um, black flag going to be the uh, what Craig said NASCAR deal with the safety of the cars and whatnot. Checker flag going to go out to Eric Jones for getting a win and hoping uh, and I hope to God he kind of gave the uh, the nice little birdie to Joe Gibbs saying this is what you're missing out on, buddy. And you have three drivers in the playoffs instead of four. How's it feeling? And checker flag? That was my checker flag. What was the black flag? Black flag was was what basically what Craig said. 
I don't know what bigger what flag, flag I got to give there, which was uh, the NASCAR uh, next-gen issues with having the car going up in flames. Did anybody see the 13-car pileup at Stafford? Oh, no, I didn't get to watch Stafford this week. Oh, man, oh, man. That was a pileup Friday night. Even a car got backwards and up on the roof of another car and almost exited the speedway. <laughs> and the uh, Smart Modified Series, yeah. It was really cool. I enjoy I enjoy flow racing. All right. Wow. Well, that is our black Stafford flag Speedway checker flag a, moment. Stafford Speedway getting a uh, fan all the way down to Mississippi. Oh, of course. Uh, I watch it every weekend, man. What are you talking about? I love asphalt racing. It's crazy. You would think that I'd be at home watching dirt racing, but no. No. I'm watching the asphalt. The hits are harder. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, it is coming on the time for us to make our picks. For the evening, coming up for Kansas, and so I'm closing in on Taz. I'm still pretty far out. But, uh, I was I was still thinking I had Noah Gregson. So, I can't believe I changed my pick, but essentially, Miss Lee still you know still gapping us a little bit. Dragon Jason, not sure if they're playing Tango or Dosi Do or whatever they're doing. Um, I'm catching up. Chris is catching up. This could be a point battle to the end there, folks. Wins tallied up. Isn't there bonus points in the wins? So, bonus points, we said at the beginning of the year, you only get bonus points if we get all of our picks correct, which means, uh, Chris, if... You say went two for two in the weekend, you got bonus, or three for three in the weekend, you got bonus, but nobody's hit that bonus. Wow. Big close a couple of times. But, uh, okay. All right. So, what do we have? Who, who we got racing this weekend, Tess? It's just we Xfinity and three. Cup, right? We have, no, we oh, have all three. All three. Mm. Well, I'm going to have to take Stuart Friesen at Kansas. Okay. Friesen it is. Xfinity. I'm thinking. Sheldon Creed was right there, man. He really was. But I'm just not sure if Richard Childress's mile-and-a-half speedway is where it needs to be. And I don't even know if I picked a driver outside of Todd Gibbs that didn't drive for junior motorsports huh. all year long. Um, hmm. Man, oh, man. What do I do? I'm going with Justin Algear. 
You're going Algiers. Okay. No. On the cup side. Yes, sir. Cup side. I'm crazy. I'm going with Alex Bowman. Who are you pulling? Who are you pulling? Alex Bowman. Wow. Okay. Okay. The guy's streaky, man. Chris is is feeling a little bit like Craig. Swing for the fence and see what works. Yeah. That's right. Chris is feeling... Instead of Chris feeling froggy, Chris is feeling craggy. (laughs) (laughs) I think I can gain some ground with Alex Bowman. All right. Well, my picks... uh, On the truck series side... I'm waiting for him to waiting for him to get his his win column, you know, boost him up a little bit. And he did sign uh, a contract extension, I believe, two or three weeks ago with this Ford team. And they're having faith in him, and they're going to have him also make a start in the Daytona 500 next year. So I'm going Zane Smith. On the truck series. On the Xfinity side, um, I'm going with a guy who... going with the youngster of Ty Gibbs. And on the cup side, although he has uh, seven top tens and I believe 12... I think somewhere between 12 and 15 starts at this track. He may have one win there, but he finished second the last time we were at Kansas. I'm swinging for Kyle Larson. Which Is he the defending winner? To... What's that? Is he the defending winner of this race? Um, I don't remember if he won this race last year, but I know last time we were at Kansas, Kyle Larson finished second. He lost to, oh, Kurt Busch. Kurt, this was Kurt Busch's win last time we went to Kansas. Okay, okay. That's how Kurt Busch got into the playoffs before concussion bailed him out. Yeah, but I was talking about last year's winner. I believe, I believe Kyle Larson may have been the winner last year. He might have been. I don't remember. Anyways. Anyway. Mr. Craig Moore, your pick, mm-hmm. sir. Craig? Turn your uh, microphone on, Craig. Okay, yeah, sorry about that. Sh- uh, I was about to say, <laughs> I, was about to, I was about to give away some information there. <laughs> Thought it turned no. into a shit show. <laughs> no, I was not on the shitter. Um, Zane Smith. Zane Smith for trucks. Oh gosh, y'all are on the Zane Smith truck. Gregson in Xfinity, huh. and I'm going to go back. again out. And I'm going out outside of a outside of the chase driver. I'm going. Martin Truex Jr. 
Oh, my gosh. Didn't that guy almost think to show up there at uh, Darlington? So Wow. All right. I, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. And, and Lee, she's going to have her picks later. Uh, CJ picked John Hunter, Al Geyer, and Rowdy Bush. Did uh have we outgrown the chase? Yes, that was the topic we left. Uh, we we didn't answer tonight. Yeah, I think we have. I think we need to come up with a new point system. Go back to the old chase version. Run your regular season races. Pop however many people you want to take with you and the regular season points are able to go for the championship, reset your points and leave it at that. And whoever's on top at the end, end of 10 races is your damn champion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, I, shoot, I think is, that we put that, this, that system would have as close as these points are, that system would be amazing right now. Right. Going into the final nine races. Yeah. Do we have an old point uh, breakdown? I know normally it's on J-Ski. Do, do we have one in front of us, Taz, real quick? Um, an old chase format? I mean, old Winston Cup format? Oh, shoot. Um, see if I can find it. I know... Um, a YouTuber named the Iceberg usually does. I don't know if he still got it. I'm trying to find it now. Yeah, I believe uh, Chase would be the leader. But you would have Martin Truex so Jr. As of so before Darlington, he hasn't updated after Darlington. But before Darlington, the old Winston Cup format, Chase Elliott would be leading the points with 3,648. Ryan Blaney sits about 300 points in second behind him. Then if you look about 20 points behind him, it's Truex. Logano is three points behind Truex. Arvik is 11 points behind uh, Logano, so that's your top five. Larson's five points behind Harvick in six. Then it's Chastain another 11, nine points back. Uh, Christopher Bell, about 50 points behind Chastain in eighth. Kyle Busch is about another 50 points behind Bell in ninth. Tyler Reddick rounds out the top 10, about 80 points behind. Actually, I should say about 70 points behind Kyle Busch. Cindric 11th, Bowman 12th, Suarez 13th, Rhinestone no. Cowboy 14, Byron 15, Amarola 16. So, basically, with their 300-point lead, that would be two full races ahead on the old points format. So, Chase Elliott is basically two races ahead of everybody. That 300 points seems like a lot. But what we've seen so many times in the old-style points is somebody that has this type of points lead in the beginning, going into the final nine races, we somehow have seen, like, a Bill Elliott, or, uh, uh, you know, a Navy Allison, maybe um, a Martin Martin. We've watched them as they uh, ran into hiccups, ran into trouble, and that that lead be breaking, you know, be broken down uh, over the next uh, six or seven races. So, um, though Chase Elliott is at the top of the throne now with a considerable lead on the others, 
Uh, history says that Chase Elliott will probably run into some problems uh, for the next few races, which could ultimately leave him out of the chase, uh, even though he was uh, the favorite coming into it. So I, I believe we've outgrown the chase format that we are currently have. Uh, I would like to see a hybrid version. I would like to see more emphasis being put on those guys who have had a consistent year. It is a shame that our second place and our fourth place, or our second place guy on the points, damn near didn't make the, the, the chase. And he wouldn't have made the chase had it not been for an injury from another driver. Uh, we would have eliminated our second and our fourth place points driver. I don't think that that's fair at all. I think that there is an issue. If a guy's in the top five in points, he should have a guaranteed berth into the playoffs uh, because uh, that guy put it on a consistent year all year long. And, and, and I know wins are important, but, it, you know, there's got to be a fine line between the two. I know this has been an exceptional year. We're not probably ever going to see this happen again. Uh, but these guys keep on winning. And uh, there is a possibility by the end of the year that we may have 20 different winners. Uh, I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, Craig, Craig keeps pick, picking up other first-time winners. He's picking them right here tonight. Uh, so, um, yeah, Martin Truex does not have a win this year. So he's one of those guys. No, Neither does, does Ryan Blaney. Neither does Ryan Blaney. That's 19. So just think that the 20th driver couldn't happen. Look, man, I mean, we've got Ryan Blaney and Martin Truex Jr. Both of those drivers have not won this year. So uh, there is room for a 20, 20 different winners in the season. Uh, and it's not as far-fetched as what some people would believe. So I think we've outgrown the chase. I think that uh, there, I like the playoff format. But like Taz said, let's break it down. Let's make it a little bit more. Uh, less complicated. The elimination factor shouldn't shouldn't. Uh, it's no longer needed. Like we want to we want to see somebody who really put together a strong final ten races to win the championship, not a guy who lucks up and uh, you know like a Daniel Hemrick who won a championship and won a race all at the same time. Right? He had not won a race all year long, but won the championship, won a race, or like Matt, Matt Crafton for crying out loud who won a championship and didn't even win a race the whole season. I just want to throw in, like, the win in your end deal just, is just dumb. It's really dumb. It rewards nothing. Even the baby thinks you're right. Yes, I agree. I yeah, agree. And I think that... I think at a time where you only had five cars that were really, you know, remember us talking about the big three? That has not been relevant this year. Like, for five years, we've talked about the big three, the big three, the big three. Who's the big three? Okay, who is it this year? Who's the big three this year? We've not had a big three this year. Um, and well, we, we've had three drivers that have had really good years, if you want to count Chase Elliott. Um, uh, Ross says, well, who's, who's the multiple winners? Denny Hamlin had one taken away, right? So Denny Hamlin would literally—he would have three wins. So Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, who's the other the most popular guy um, this year? Chase Elliott. Somebody. Tyler Reddick. Who? Yeah. Yeah. So okay, there it is. That's something else. That's crazy. Tyler Reddick did not make it the uh, the final four. 
being the consistent season that he's had. So that's a, that's a question mark that uh, we'll have to answer there toward the end of the year. But anyway, let's get into the final segment of the evening. Now that we've made our picks, Monday's headlines today. I'll start with you, Craig. Non-chase I think driver you know what Non-chase wow, driver that's crazy. wins that's crazy. and spoils the stoop. Man, that's definitely possible. Definitely possible. Taz Taylor. Oh, boy. Chase Driver wins. But Xfinity gets a sleeper to win. That race, that, that chase has not started yet. They're still in the regular season. Still two races to go. That's what I'm saying, because you got Jeremy Clements, you know, who might be on the, might be looking for revenge to get those five playoff points back. Yeah. All right, Monday's headlines today. Uh, I have a friend in me. You got a friend in me, Ally. Ally Racing, Alex Bowman secures the first spot in the next round. So that's uh, falling right into my uh, pick for the weekend. It's been fun, guys. Of course, we'll be back next Tuesday night. We're getting out of here a little bit earlier tonight. We want to thank uh, Miss Lee uh, for joining us there at the end. Um, I know that she's going through a lot of personal things, and uh, our hearts there for you. It's, uh, we've made a, a shit show out of it today because we didn't have our executive producer here. Uh, who um, kind of keeps us in line and keeps us from falling too far off the track. But, uh, you know, we understand that you have a lot of personal things going on, Miss Lee. And we love you, and we're here for you. And when you're ready to come back and, and uh, laugh with us, uh, we will uh, open our arms up as wide as we can to to get you in here. So, uh, And thank you, Miss Rebecca, for listening again. Glad to have you back. I know that um, she's been going through some life changes as well uh, on a personal level. So uh, uh, shout out to our longtime listener, Miss Rebecca, for uh, for joining in and uh, giving us a heads up that she was listening to the show. So uh, looking forward to the final, I believe, eight episodes. Are we down to eight episodes now? Man, is it nine? I guess Kansas... Is it nine episodes? How many episodes we got left? We had nine. Anyway, it's, it's been great. It's been a good year. Uh, we've grown as a show. We've grown as people. Uh, Craig and I probably have fussed a little bit less at each other over the last few months because our teammates don't like us fussing at each other all the time. So uh, I think that that's grown our our friendship a little bit stronger. And uh, it, it takes the team sometimes to put things uh, in better perspective. Taz, I love you, man. Uh, you're uh, yeah, we don't, my wife. We don't my, need my we don't need the Chase Elliott Kyle Larson rivalry here. No, we yeah, do. Exactly. That's what makes it for great. Yeah. Well, in a way, we do need. Yeah, it, it really does. And I think Craig and I agreed many years ago that we didn't need to agree with each other on everything. Um, that was uh, that that that's part of what uh, makes it good radio, as Craig said. Uh, Taz, you know. Anytime I need a good laugh, all we do is just refer back to your video. Uh, my wife yeah. and I have gotten 
<laughs> to watch your little dance, I think is more entertaining than the than the song itself. But your dancing is just absolutely amazing. We've got to get you on with Dancing with the Stars, man. Oh, good God, uh, Chris. Chris, what I think we're gonna do is when they get married, we're gonna have him come up and redo that dance. Um, <laughs> hey, so he hey, can, Craig. Can I? Yeah. Can I? I will only do that if I can sing the entire Rhinestone Cowboy song karaoke version. Austin, we have to do the Austin <laughs> Dillon remix. Listen, you can do that on. You can do that at your wedding. I promise. I'll let you. <laughs> Look, y'all are gonna have me flying into New York City. Somebody's gonna have to pick me up there at the uh, at the airport because I can't afford to fly into any of these regional airports. So uh, somebody's just gonna have to pick me up in New York City. Yeah, well, 332 views on on Twitter right now, and I keep sharing Chris, it, man. <laughs> Chris, yeah. what did I say yeah. earlier about Twitter? <laughs> As is a Twitter bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but, he's, but he's, we love him. We do, we do. Yeah, and we'll continue to, to share the share the little dance and uh and, and the in the in the in the lyrics. That has to be I did submit it to Door Bumper Clear. I have not got to Reaction Theater yet to see if it made the show. Uh but uh if anybody else is uh, I did submit it, but I don't, I'm not sure if it uh, if it made it. Most of the time they only stay on queue for what happened the following week, so we may have missed it just by just by a day or so, but uh, so I'll I'll let you guys know if it made a reaction theater. If it didn't, then uh, well, we got a good laugh out of it. Just uh, hopefully the rest of the world will somehow find the humor that we found in it. Look, we're supposed to get out here early. It's freaking eight fifty-one. We said about a hundred cuss words here tonight. Sorry if there's any kids listening. We are not good role models and never never said that we were. As a matter of fact, we should probably start the show out with a disclaimer saying our opinions are not affiliated with the one ten nation <laughs> views and but you know, we got such an awesome owner, Mr. C J Sports. Um, he he's never really he's never really put that buckle on us. He's 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 kind of a, a ride and die kind of uh a partner in all this and we appreciate that too, Mr. C J Sports, for being uh the fearless leader that you are of the one ten nation of sports and giving us a place to uh, talk about racing. Taz, I think uh, that'll do it for me, guys. Uh, Taz, you want to send this out? Sure thing. Thank you, everyone, for listening along to Race Chat Live here on Tuesday night on Blog Talk Radio. If you miss us live, you can catch us on any form of podcast, especially here on Blog Talk Radio, also on podpage.com, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, RSS Feed, Google Podcast, Stitcher, GeoSaving, Podcast Dick, Caesar, Podchaser, and on YouTube. Thank you to our sponsors that make the 110 Nation uh, roll around to help Race Chat Live as well. Uh, Phoenix Fitness, Bears Bullish, Talk Market Group, and Carolina Sports Plus. We'll see you at the same bat time, same bat place next Tuesday night on Race Chat Live. This has been the Caution Flag of Racing Radio. Chris Creighton, the DJ Music Man, Craig Moore, on the Tasmanian Devil Flagger, Taz Taylor, saying good night. We'll see you all next week. Hey, hey Taz, Taz, Taz. 
Next week, I would yep. like uh, I would like to be called Chris Crigaton, please. From now on, I'm I am Chris Crigaton. <laughs> okay. If, if 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 Craig can change his last name, by God, I can change mine too. I want to be called Chris Crigaton from now on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> good night, everybody. <laughs> Just a good old boy, never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw, been in trouble with the law since the day they were born. Straightening the curve, planting the hills. Someday the mountain might get them, but the law never will. Making their way. That's just a little bit more than the normal life. Just a good old boy wouldn't change if they could. Fighting the system like a two modern day Robin Hood. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.